Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. The Twisted Tuesday has a be good, be good, be good. Sirius XM, channel 159, we're breaking it down. Rick Saratella will step up and in. We're getting biblical. For those of you that didn't go to church uh, this week, Rick Saratella will kick it with his NFL draft Bible. We'll talk NFL football, uh, NFL combine around the corner. Of course, there was a mini sort of boycott and controversy. And, you know, I said it at the time, and I'll repeat myself on this. Like, you know, I, you guys know that people tune into the show. I've got the players' backs more than most people do. I look at things from the players' perspective more than the owners. And later, a lot of the media sort of, you know, dis- discount the players or don't really know how players actually think and operate. But I got to tell you, like, if you're a player and you're already bitching and you're already protesting about a job that you don't even freaking have yet, I'm not hiring you. Right? Like, like seriously. Like, for the love of God, man, must everybody complain about everything? Now, I'm going to complain about people complaining. So I'm as guilty as anybody. But you know what? I get paid to complain. It's sports rage. Like, for the love of God, Leaf fans, shut the hell up, man. Just shut up. All right? Sit down, shut up, and watch the Toronto Raptors play. Because that's the only team in Toronto that can actually win, right? So, like you Leaf fans, man, nobody cares about these games, all right? Austin Matthews doesn't give a crap if he loses to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I hate to break your heart, man. Like you Leaf fans, like, oh, my God, hey, when you win a couple of games, you're going to win. When you lose, it's the regular season. It's the middle of February, man. They're NHL players. Stanley Cup isn't playing until June. Do you think these guys care? Like, people just flipping out, man. Oh, this team, they're terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Well, I tell you what, we cash a ticket. We told you. Yeah, the Leafs aren't. They're not playing well right now. Right? It's, it's somebody asked me what's up with the Leafs earlier, and I said nothing's up with the Leafs. It's just the dog days of, uh, it's the dog days of winter, man. Right? The Leafs are going to be judged by what happens 
uh, in the spring, not by what happens right now. And people just flip out, complain, complain, complain. It's a constant, like, complaining. Like, it's just, it's like constant. It doesn't stop. Now, I'm going to complain about Major League Baseball. Now, this is on the owners, and basically, listen, we told you guys, other people, oh, no, they'll get, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. They're going to do what? They're going to do what? Like, they're, they're so far apart on literally, I'm not even exaggerating, like, literally hundreds of issues. So, like, if you think that Major League Baseball and their union and the players' union and the owners are going to agree on, like, 172 topics and items in the next six, seven days, then I'd like to be your bookie. I like, you know, I'll sell you a bridge. Who the hell sells bridges anyways? That's another stupid saying that people should stop. Well, if you believe that, I'll sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. What do you mean sell me the Brooklyn Bridge? How are you going to sell me the Brooklyn Bridge? Oh, I got a piece of, I got, I got some water for, I got a piece of real estate in Arizona. Do you really? I never, you know, I'll, I got a bridge somewhere to sell you. Do you have a bridge? You don't have a bridge. Shut the hell up. You don't have a bridge. You're like a leaf fan. Shut up. Fine. Sliced bread, the other one. Greatest invention since sliced bread. The late night anger management class. The greatest invention since sliced bread. This is Sports Rage. I am Marantzi, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people who bust them, and everybody else in between. The Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. We're ready to rage tonight. Let's do this thing. Why? Because I had Villanova and UConn. Hey, UConn's got something special going on. I don't know about luck indexes, but their luck index came into play tonight. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you that much. But, yes, there's a lot of rage uh, here this evening. We're going to rage about whiny sports fans that somehow think it's their right uh, to watch a team win. We're going to rage about the term sliced bread. We said this show is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I tell you what, there's a lot of greatest things since sliced bread, all right? There's a lot of things that are better than sliced bread. Like, so what? Like, somebody sliced it? You could have broken it apart with your hand. Like, you know, all the greatest inventions since sliced bread. What, are you that much of a moron that you couldn't break the bread apart? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really understand. I never understood that one. You know, the greatest invention since sliced bread. I'm thinking, I don't know, the plane, the automobile, the pacemaker. I can think of a lot of things that are better inventions. Point spreads, sports books, casinos. I could go on. <laughs> so a lot of things that are better than sliced bread. Who does sliced bread? Like whoever, like you know what, whoever came up with that should be punched. Like who who came up with that expression? Greatest invention since sliced bread. Sliced bread's a crap ass invention. There's a lot a lot better inventions. Like this show. Stupid sliced bread. Yeah. Well, speaking of sliced bread, Major League Baseball, they don't want to they, they you know they want to keep all the slices. The owners like it. Major League Baseball franchise values have gone up every year, even during the pandemic. They continue to go up. How many baseball owners do you see wanting to sell their team right now? None of them. None of them. Yet Major League Baseball average salaries have gone down. Four, three years in a row, and they're going to go down again this year. It's going to be four years in a row. Imagine showing up to work, and every year they tell you, you're going to make 4% less this year. And then the next year, you're going to make another 4% less again. So you know, now, after four years, we're down 16%. But don't worry, Major League Baseball is just a summer business. They can't afford it. This is Sports Rage! 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Addiction plays hardball he would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Whoa, yeah! Wow! It's 3 3 with the Sharks and the Ducks right now. It's the battle of the sea creatures. Um. I think a duck would have a hard time with shark in real life. Uh, But I'm thinking about taking, you know what? I'm thinking about jumping in here. I'm jumping in. I'm thinking about jumping in here on the Ducks. And right now, the Sharks are on the power play. So now is the time to do it because the odds will change after. Uh, UNLV in Nevada um, right now. It's 26-25. We like the UNLV running Rebels. Some late night action here. Let's get in on the Rebels. If you're not in on it, you get the Rebels in game right now. Plus two and a half. We absolutely murdered the college basketball board tonight, but whatever. I'm like a pitcher with a no-hitter going. I don't like talking about that stuff. I prefer to pitch about losses. You never really hear me go on about wins too much on the show. I think it's bad luck. All right, so um, speaking of this hockey game. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's get in on the Ducks. I'm doing this for you, Matthias. Doing it for you, buddy. (laughs) Go Ducks. And and I'm fading I'm fading George Kurtz. I think Kurtz is on the uh the, yeah, Kurtz is on the Sharks too. So it's a combination. <laughs> I, I'm I'm supporting my buddy Matthias, who's a duck fan, and uh, I'm fading my boy Kurtz out of you know, just out of for principle. Sorry, Kurtz. Uh, we're just busting Kurtz's balls. Hey, it's three three. I feel good about this. We're hot tonight. We killed it on the basketball. Uh, I probably just put too much money on this game, but it's all right. Oh, that's right, because I just took UNLV again. All right. All right, a lot of bets tonight, but, hey, man, we've been murdering these college basketball player props. Absolutely slaughtering it. 
So, you know what we did well on tonight, too? If you tuned into in-game live, it was crazy. We, we went 3-0 and in the NHL tonight. All right? Uh, I took the, the Columbus Blue Jackets plus one and a half against the, the Leafs. The Jackets won outright. I took the Senators plus one and a half. They won outright. And what was the other one I took? I took three of them. I jumped in on another one. Oh, yeah, Nashville. Everyone thought I was crazy. I'm like, yeah, I'll take Nashville against Florida. And that, that one, I went 3-0. and I'm telling you, I slayed it tonight. All these sports. But Leaf fan are panicking right now. And I saw pictures. I saw pictures of people throwing jerseys on the ice. Now, it wasn't from tonight. They were on the road tonight. Right? So it wasn't from tonight. But I saw pictures and... People are like, oh, this team sucks. And somebody, you know, was defending him and saying it's disgraceful that people throw jerseys on <laughs> jerseys on the ice. I got to tell you what. You throw a jersey on the ice uh, at my team, I don't care if I'm a – I don't care if I sell popcorn. I'm not a snitch. All right? I'm not a snitch. Like, if I'm selling beer – if I'm selling popcorn or beer, like, in the stands and stuff, and I see you, like, you know, doing a line, I'm not even telling anyone. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what I mean? I'm not like, oh, there's someone doing – you know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to look the other way. I'm not going to snitch anybody out. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer in mind your own business. I see someone throw a jersey on the ice. I'm getting security. And not only are you getting tossed out, you're getting beat up on the way out. Like, I would insist on it. Like, if I was the owner, I would say, rough him up on the way out. Like, rough him up. He just—he accidentally fell down the steps. You know what I'm saying? Sort of a little nudge, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, on the way out. Oh, you don't like the team that much, huh, buddy? Well, don't worry about it. Because here's a boom. Here's a ba 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 boom bada-bing. And uh, you're banned for life. And uh, you, know, you better get that black eye looked at and that broken nose looked at. Sorry. we Sorry our stairs were slippery. We'll look into that. Man, you imagine someone throwing a Yankee jersey on the field at a Yankee game? You get shot. You get shot. You wouldn't make it out of the Bronx. I got to tell you, this is a new thing. I've been around a long time. I'm a vampire, all right? I've been around like uh, for forever. And even when player when teams used to be bad, like nobody threw jerseys on the ice or like on the field. You, 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 I would accept, listen, I, I can accept you putting a bag over your head. That's that's fair. You're, you're there, but you're ashamed to be there. I can live with that. I think teams go too far with taking signs away. Like, you know what I mean? I don't have a problem if you show up to, to a local you know thing and you're like, you know, this team sucks. Right? You guys suck. You're a disgrace. You're an embarrassment to the city. I can live with that. Honestly, I can live with all of that. <laughs> Throwing the jersey on the ice, sacrilege. Sacrilege. And I'm dead serious. You deserve to get roughed up by security and banned for life. Banned for life. Now, listen, you throw anything on the ice, you should be banned for life. Unless it's a hat during a hat trick, and I never understood that. That's the stupidest sliced bread. Why the hell am I going to throw away a hat that I just spent 40 bucks for? Because some guy that makes $12 million a year just did his damn job. Like when you see, like seriously, when you when you walk past a construction site and you see them successfully, <laughs> you see them successfully fill a hole. Do you throw your hat? Hey, great job, guys! I'm not throw my hat at you. You should throw a hat at me. You should give me money, right? Like I'm not I'm not throw my hat. I never understood that throwing a hat thing either. I've never. That's another thing I've never done. I'd never throw my hat on the ice. I'm not giving my hat away because this guy scored. I'm going to spend money because this guy he did your job. That's a dumb hockey tradition as well. 
That's stupid. But the um, I guess the hats go to charity, which is all right. But then again, who the hell wants to wear a worn hat? I don't wear worn hats. Like I know people, man. I remember, like I man, like like I'm, my roommate came in once. He had like a new yeah, his Yankee hat. And I said, I said, hey, you got a Yankee hat? He goes, oh, I just found it on the subway. And I'm like, dear God, bro. Like really? Like so what? Like he goes, look, it looks pretty new. I'm like, yeah, it looks new. You you don't know what the hell this guy had in his head. I don't shop at used clothes stores, man. You want to call me an elitist? Then fine. I'm sorry. I don't want to wear someone's used jeans. <laughs> like, people at thrift shop, thrift shop. Yeah, why don't you just go, like, you know, fish you know, fish your food out of a garbage can? Thrift shops. Where was I? <laughs> Throwing jerseys. A lot of things are popping my head that are angering me right now. A lot of things. Used hat. No, I'm serious with this. They throw, the, they throw the hat when you get a hat trick in hockey. And then they said, oh, they give them the charity. So what? You want it? What, you're, what, you're demeaning the charity. Like, you know what I mean? So here's a bunch of used hats. Would, do you want to wear a used hat, Matthias? You're going to wear a used baseball hat? Today, no. If I was poor, I think I would I would like it. <laughs> Absolutely. If I if I was completely Yeah, poor, I guess. You know, you're right. Yeah, if you're poor, you wouldn't I mean, care. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Gabe, I bought, I bought a hat at the Super Bowl. That thing cost 50 bucks. I can't yeah. believe it. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Hats cost 50 bucks today. It's insane. You know, another thing is, too, I saw, you know, they always hear about, like, how they make, like, the, the, the Super Bowl stuff and, like, Stanley, the championship stuff. They actually did this. They did it this year. And this is another thing, too. I'm actually inside. It actually, no one ever brought this up before. But I saw a thing. They actually said they sent a bunch of Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion T-shirts to Africa. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that's not nice. You're fooling these people. These people are walking around thinking the Bengals won. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, why can't you just send them, like, like, no, no. No wonder they hate America. We're lying to them. Like, they, like these people send us clothes, and they even lie to us on the clothes. <laughs> like, why can't we just send them a blank T-shirt? No, no, we're going to send you something that's wrong. And you're going to walk around thinking the Bengals are champions like an idiot for the rest of your life. When they never won. It's a pile of crap. They they should sell that crap to a bunch of Bengal fans. Here you go. You didn't win, but you can buy the t-shirt anyways and pretend you did. Like, I was thinking about that. Real nice of you sending them, like, a bunch of t-shirts that are wrong. These poor people are going thinking, all right, the Bengals won. No, they didn't win. They're fooling you. Where are the tops of these muffins? This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. 
Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We're breaking it down. It's the Twisted Tuesday, Sirius XM Channel 159, a Monday or 1090 ESPN Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Let's bring in WagerTalk.com, ProSportsInfo.com, Steve Merrill. Let's talk some college basketball. Steve, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? Hey, Gabe, doing well. Oh, uh, Steve, I don't want to uh, live in the past too much. Um, you know, there's a saying, don't tell me what already happened. Tell me what's going uh, to happen. But those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Um, so let's start off in your backyard with some colonial uh, college basketball action. And I'm glad that we focused in on the colonial as much as we have uh, this year, because this really is the conference, Steve, of, of streaks, trends, speeding bullets and falling knives. And tonight's uh, falling knife play of the night was to bet against Northeastern. Now, one in 10, Steve, uh, straight up and against the spread in their last 11 basketball games. College of Charleston, get it done tonight. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to a uh, one Mary basketball fan the other night, and we were saying I think William Mary's pretty much locked into one of the last two seeds for the Colonial Tournament, which means they'll be in the play-in game, and we're like, they'll probably be playing, I guess, Northeastern is the only team that's worse than them. And Northeastern is now 1-14 in the conference, 3-12 and against the spread, and they were a 10-point road favorite in the second Colonial game back on New Year's Eve, a game I went to in which William & Mary won outright. And we started talking about, hey, the tribe's getting hot. Maybe in hindsight, Northeastern's just been vastly overrated all season. Uh, they continue to squander. They were supposed to be a decent team, uh, really bad in the Colonial. And, you know, sometimes these teams turn it on for that first play-in game, but uh, I don't expect them to do much after that. And I'll tell you what, uh, Steve, for people tuning in, exactly. Northeastern have kind of been that program, Steve, from this conference that have been good in the conference tournament and have made it to the NCAA tournament before. Yeah, in fact, they beat William Mary in the conference finals. I remember six, seven, eight years ago, um, there was one chance they had to finally make the postseason. Northeastern got the bid instead, won by 20, actually. So this has actually been one of the better teams in the conference. As we often see, Gabe, when a team that's been a, a contender gets really bad all of a sudden, the betting markets are very slow to adjust. And this is a textbook example of that. As you said, they're now 1-14 in, in the conference, 3-12 and 12 against the spread in those 15 games. It's amazing, guys. I'm telling you, the two conferences that have been the most streaky. Man, you bet the Big Ten. You bet the SEC. These games come down to the wire. You bet the Big East. We saw what happened tonight with Villanova and, and UConn. But you look at the Colonial. You look at the Big West. And, you know, me and Steve like the term falling knife. A bad team. They're never covering. They're that falling knife. Do you want to take them? And you're going to catch it. And you're going to cut yourself. And uh, me and Steve both thought of it at the exact same time. <laughs> the speeding bullet, right? <laughs> the speeding bullet is the red hot team. That's right. Hey, do you want to step in front of a speeding bullet? You want to catch a falling knife? And the speeding bullet, I'm not going to say that James Madison are a falling knife, but I am going to say the Townsend are a speeding bullet, Steve. Let's keep it in the colonial guys uh, right now. You know, 21 and 7 straight up, uh, Steve. 8 and 2 straight up in their last uh, 10. 
Now, it is catching up to them a little bit as far as the spread is concerned overall because the numbers are going up. But they are one of the top teams in the country against the spread. 18-9-1 ATS covering 66.7% of the time. What do you make of this matchup tomorrow night against James Madison? Well, first of all, uh, James Madison is leaving the Colonial. Uh, they're going to Division 1A football in a year or so. And because of that, they've been barred from the CAA postseason tournament. So they cannot get the at-large, the automatic bid from the CAA. So they've kind of been playing with the chip on their shoulder all season. These teams play harder under those circumstances. They yep. do. And uh, remember, Gabe, they beat Virginia back, I believe, it was in December. You know, so they had that, not, they had that quality. Oh, we talked about it, the game player. of the century night and all that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to tell you how bad Virginia's been this year, Madison went on a 17-1 run in that game and only won by three still. Uh, but they've gone just 6-10 and 10 in the conference. They're just 15-12 and 12 overall. So obviously they're not getting in that large. Um, they don't have a lot to play for now is the thing, you know, because the conference tournament's on deck after this past, this the last weekend of CAA play, by the way. Yeah, but they want to prove to everybody, yeah, you know what, we're better than you. We're not in the tournament that we're better than you. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There's And what's weird about this Towson game is that this is the only team on the left they have to play. It's a home and home. <laughs> they play them on Wednesday. Yeah, they play them at Towson on Wednesday night, and then they play them at home for their finale on Saturday. So what I'd actually like to see, Gabe, is for them to maybe lose and fail to cover in this game. I think the bounce back spot would be on Saturday with JMU in that rematch if they don't show well tomorrow night on Wednesday. All right, so speaking of Northeastern, these guys have been burning money, yet uh, speaking of burning money, they're arsonists, your William & Mary tribe. <laughs> so, <laughs> it goes both ways. William & Mary, guys, we talked a lot about them this year on the program. They were 0-12 against the spread. Then they went on like an 8-1 and yeah. uh, spread run, exactly. and, and, and then they're getting killed again right now, Steve, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, they're not winning, but they've actually probably gone like maybe, what is it, three and four ATS their last seven, because I actually went to the game, their last home game on Saturday, and they actually covered that game against Delaware, went down to the wire, they lost by just a couple baskets, so, yeah. you know, they are still like kind of 500 against the spread, but you're exactly right, they were the epitome of the falling ninth, they were the last team in the nation out of 358 teams to cover a point spread after that 0-12 start. And what do they do? Back-to-back, straight-up, double-digit wins, dog wins outright, including that Northeastern game I referenced. Um, they went 8-1 and one against the spread since, but now they're like 3-4 and four ATS their last seven. They've lost six or seven in a row straight up. Um, final home game went down to the wire. They lost by a couple points. Might be a little bit of a flat spot for them on the road now. What do you think of Charleston at uh, Delaware? That's on Thursday as well. We cashed the ticket with Charleston tonight. Back-to-back -back road games, though, here for these guys. Yeah, by the way, Gabe, that Charleston, you know, Northeastern, we talked about how they're 1-14 straight up, 3-12 and 12 of ATS in the conference. Normally, you're like, well, they really vastly over-adjust the lines, and that's why teams start to cover. And they did cover, I forgot to mention, they lost by three as an 11-point dog Saturday. They opened as a favorite tonight against Charleston. They were a 1.5-point favorite despite being 1-14, uh, closed as a one-point dog. You know, so the oddsmakers haven't over-adjusted yet. Uh, Charleston appears to be a little under-respected due to the fact that they are only a one-point, you know, favorite here at Northeastern tonight on Tuesday. Uh, tough spot having to travel second time in three nights. And Delaware is one of the better teams in the conference. I think that's a tough spot for Charleston. Steve, and everybody tuning in right now, uh, he is Steve Merrill. I am Gable Morenci. Middle Tennessee State, number one team in the country against the spread right now. 79.2%, Steve. Yeah. 79.2%, and one And I, you know what, though, the, I will admit, Steve, I've seen some... Uh, I've seen some 18-5 and twos out there, <laughs> right? So we get into that. Is it 19-5 and one? Is it 18-5 and two? I've seen a couple of stats where it's like, yeah, they're 18-5 and two ATS. I'm going to go with 19-5 and one, depending on the number, et cetera. Now, Middle Tennessee State, we're on that luck index thing, right? But, you know, we, I've been thinking about this more and more, Steve. 
I want to bet on the luck index teams. They're lucky. <laughs> like, if they're lucky, I want to bet on them. Yeah, me and Sharapan got into this the other night, and I'm not putting you on the spot here because I couldn't find it. I want to find out, like, what goes into luck in basketball? You know what I mean? Like, football, like, we talk about fumbles kind of, you know, some people think they're random, et cetera. Like, what is luck in basketball? I don't know how you quantify it. That that was my deal with this. Me and Sharapan were on the same page, and he's, he's an odds maker, and he goes, I don't know, man. He goes, this is, like, a new thing. Like, the luck index, how do they quantify it? What's luck in basketball? Yeah, and the reason we don't use it too much handicapping is the one we're talking about, at least the Ken Palm one, is basically teams' one-loss records are a lot better, a lot worse than they should be. So, you know, it doesn't really talk about a point spread record. It's basically close games. Teams have won more or lost more, like basically one or two basket games, and they should. So, But isn't that a good thing? Like, don't you want to bet on a team that has that mojo going for them? Hey, look, Teddy, Teddy Cervansky, Teddy Covers, and I have talked about that a few times on Wager Talk today. Teddy thinks there is something to that. And the example we used, of course, was Providence last week, yes. Gabe, we talked about. They're still the luckiest team in the country at 22-3. and three, And the Sharps have played against them week in and week out for two months now, and they've gotten burnt. They've tried to get in front of that speeding bullet. Um, so there is something to winning down the stretch, and I do think that's not totally random. I agree with you. Because I've heard the same thing about Middle Tennessee State. I'm like, well, what if they're lucky? I don't care if they're lucky. They're 19-5-1 against the spread right now, right? And they're they're winning games. And, you know, they, they always seem to lay five, six points, and it sets up right now. They line up, Steve. So you got Middle Tennessee State, um, and this game's on Thursday only, 19-5-1 uh, ATS right now against a team all the way at the bottom of the ledger here with 328 teams. They're not dead last year, but they have been terrible. ATS this year, Steve, and that's the the herd. Marshall, 7-17-2 ATS, 29.2%. Yeah, and by the way, on the luck factor, Middle Tennessee is only 118th. Marshall is 188. So, wow. I, you know, here so again, Middle Tennessee State, they're the real deal. According right, exactly. To their, they're yeah, like, yeah. they're actually not all that lucky when you think about it. And um, no, they've had they, a good program, Steve. People have been talking about it over the past couple of years. They went on a tournament run before. And we've talked about for a few weeks here on the show about being a great point spread team. And guess what? They're still a great point spread team. This is exactly what you're talking about. Well, you don't try to get in front of these speeding bullets. And, in, and you know, keep in mind, these are mid-major programs we're talking about. So right? the well, numbers aren't moving, guys, for right. people tuning in. Exactly. Like, if this was UCLA, if this was if Duke, if Duke was 10-1 and one against the spread in their last 11 games, bro, they'd be laying 17 points every night, Steve. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, probably hardly would ever get to that point. You're exactly right. Like, yes. he gets to 5-1. and 5-1 one. and one or 6-1, and one, the line's inflated. But a team like Middle Tennessee, or William and Mary, double that, right? The you know, book's it's not just... getting the action, guys. Right? They're not. The book is not getting the action on the game. They don't notice. They don't adjust the point spreads. Exactly. Like if you're not feeling the pain, you don't pay attention, right? And it's just they're not. <laughs> like that's they a, we, we can pain. bottle that one. They're that's bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, they got best. If you're not feeling the pain, you don't adjust the spread. How about that? Tell Sharapan that one. No, no, you're right. Like people, like you get a flesh wound if you get beat in a Big Ten game. We're firing paintball guns at them when we bet this stuff. They it's don't a paper care. Cut. It's a paper yeah, cut. They're like, they're like, all right, so, so Merrill and Morenci and a couple of jackasses that listened to a show beat us with Bakersfield. Who they cares? They gave us a hangnail and a paper cut. We're going <laughs> to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, good for them. We're just glad they didn't beat us for 20 dimes on the Big Ten game. That's right. Uh, that's that's the one that – I'm telling you, that's why, guys, we do these segments. And, hey, it's been very, very profitable, actually, when you consider we just sort of jumped in here, man, we jumped in the deep end with college basketball. We've been talking college basketball, but I'm in such football mode, yet I've just been keeping it simple, Steve. And you and I have been talking about it on a weekly basis all year. Bet on the good teams, bet against the bad teams, right? Let's not overcomplicate it. 
Well, I mean, it's, once again, Northeastern was a perfect example. They were one in fourteen straight up in the Colonial, three and twelve ATS, and they opened as a one-point favorite tonight, and it closed like as a one-point dog. I mean, obviously those lines are not being adjusted correctly, and you jumped on it. You got Charleston double-digit winner outright. Boom! Catch it. More with Merrill on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. It's a late-night anger match for class. Let's do it this thing. We're breaking it down. I am Gable Morenci. Sirius XM Channel 159. But you already know that. Sports Grid Radio Networks, you know that. The Mightier 1090, now ESPN Radio. Maybe you didn't know that. Now you do. We're breaking it down. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com uh, with us. So we just talked about the Colonial, and uh, we set it up. Now, you know, we, we get it. We get it. There's some top 25 action going on. Let's uh, Let's focus in on the ACC a little bit right now, Steve. As far as Wednesday's card is concerned, uh, you brought up the Virginia Cavaliers uh, earlier. We were talking about the James Madison uh, Cav game earlier this season. Duke at Virginia, revenge spot for the Duke Blue Devils. And uh, the Cavs getting four and a half points, uh, Steve. Cavs have been playing pretty good basketball, although I will put my hand up and admit I did lose. I took them plus the points at Votech, and I paid the price there, Steve. Uh, but now they're getting four and a half points, hosting Duke, beat them by a point earlier this year. Yeah, we talked about how Virginia, you know, earlier lost to James Madison on December 7th. They basically alternated wins and losses all the way through the end of January, but they've now gone five and one straight up in February. And it's not a coincidence. This was a young Virginia team. It wasn't as talented. It was much more inexperienced in the past editions, including, you know, the team that won the national championship a few years ago. Um, but I also thought they would get better as the season went because it's a very complicated system that Tony Bennett runs there. And it looks like things are maybe starting to click now. So this could continue to be a play on team. Not the best situation here, obviously, though. You've got one of the best teams in the country with revenge, um, you know, so that's always a concern. But, you know, Virginia was able to get the win at Duke a few weeks ago, and they like to slow things down. So it's hard to play against them in this matchup. Duke wants to play fast. Virginia slows things down, and they're in good current form. You know what's amazing, though, Steve? I've made money over the past couple of years betting Virginia games to the over because the numbers are so low. And, you know, like surprisingly enough, right now, guys, the Cavs are 5-2 and two to the over in their last seven basketball games. And uh, Duke are on a 5-0, and oh, uh, excuse me, 5-1 and one, uh, overrun uh, right now. 5-1 and one in the last six to the over. The total is an even buck 30 right now, Steve. When they played, 
uh, a couple of weeks ago. It stayed under this number, though, barely, right? 69-68 final score. But, you know, even on the season, Virginia aren't that automatic under anymore. They're 13-12-2 as far as totals, and Duke are an even 13-13-1 uh, as far as totals are concerned. Yeah, and of course, what I love about this time in college basketball is we get a lot of these revenge games, and revenge isn't necessarily about playing the team that lost the previous meeting. You can often look at the box scores, you know, and see if there's some sneaky value maybe with the over or the unders. Um, in that game, Virginia won, and they shot 17% from three-point range. They still won the game. You know, that's kind of a good sign there, and it also points towards the over. They were just two for 12. Duke was only 35%, six for 17. So the two teams combined were eight for 29 from three-point range. You would expect better shooting there. Uh, Virginia also was just five for nine, 56% from the free throw line. So Virginia shot 17% and 56% and still won the game on the road, Gabe. So there again, I lean towards them as the home dog. The difference was two-point range. Virginia outscored them 29 to 16 from two-point baskets. That's a 26-point edge inside. Um, that's going to be repeated, I think. I think Virginia's a sneaky dog here. Steve Merrill kicking with us. I am Gable Morency. NC State have been, they're actually the third worst team in the country against the spread this year, guys. They've only covered 25.9% of the time, 7 and 20 ATS. They mixed in that straight up win. Me and you, Steve, have talked about them. You know, is there a buy in? Is, is they're going to turn the corner? It's just, it's not really happening here. Two and eight against the spread straight up uh, and ATS, um, you know, in, in their last 10 games. But Boston College rolling and BC aren't exactly world beaters either here. But NC State lays six points. Yeah, NC State, one of the worst points for our teams in the country, like you said. Um, I think you think at some point you're going to start getting some value with them. And by the way, in that luck index that we were talking about, uh, they're pretty low on that one. They're around about the 320 range, I believe. So uh, this is a team that probably is a little bit better than their 11 and 16 record indicates. And uh, this is the first time I believe they played Boston College. So there's no revenge motive in this game. It's a one-off. Uh, they're coming off the Georgia Tech win. I, I think there's probably some value with NC State going forward here over the next couple of weeks. Steve, these Big East games, man, you know, it's, it's a crazy conference, man. A lot of them come down to the wire, but you and I were talking about Providence earlier. And what's up with this, Steve? Like, look at the line. So, you know what I mean? You got a team that's 4-4 four and four on the road this year in, in Xavier. Um, they're 4-6 and six straight up in their last 10 games. They're 3-7 and seven against the spread in their last 10 games. They're rolling into Providence, who are 22 and three on the season, 14 and one at home. Um, what was their only loss? That uh, the Nova game, and you know they're nine and one in their last ten games, and the game's basically a pick 'em, Steve. Yeah, but their other other loss was Marquette and Virginia way back in November. I mean, those are the only three games they've lost this year. Virginia was an ugly game, by the way. It's 58-40. You know, so you can see what happened there. Yeah, no just, shame in losing to Virginia. Right. No shame just, losing to Villanova. And they uglied it up. And Marquette's actually been surprisingly good this year. I mean, Villanova's lost twice to Marquette. So, yeah, Providence has been quality. And um, you look at the Xavier game. They did play them a few weeks ago. In fact, the end of January they played. And uh, Providence won that game 65-62. Uh, really nothing special when you look at the box score. It jumps out to me, though, Xavier was 4 for 18 from three-point range. Providence was 7 for 19. So that was basically the difference. Xavier actually held a 12-point edge from two-point range in that game. So I actually think Xavier's worth a look in this rematch. Uh, Steve, let's uh, jump into the Big 12 as we go conference uh, to conference uh, here. TCU. Uh, TCU, I cashed a ticket with TCU the other night against uh, West Virginia. TCU at Texas. Uh, looking at the number here, Steve, eight and a half, nine points right now. Just initial reaction is, whoa, a little high, isn't it? What do you make of this uh, battle in the Lone Star State? Well, it's a huge revenge game for TCU. They were embarrassed when they played earlier this season. They played on January 25th. They lost by 23 points on their home yep. court. 
you know, we always say revenge works better, obviously, Gabe, you know, for the home teams. Um, so we'll see what happens here. But it's a tough spot for Texas. They're coming off the uh, big game against Texas Tech. Lost that one by six on Saturday. Uh, they got West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas on deck. So I could see them, you know, revenge sometimes works because the team overlooks a team that they beat. You know, it's not that the other team wants revenge. It's that sometimes you overlook them. I, I would like it more if Texas was coming off a loss. So the fact that they, I mean, off a win, the fact they lost that game the other night on Saturday, uh, I think they'll be pretty focused. And they really did dominate this first meeting. And also, TCU have been drilled on the road a couple of times yeah. <laughs> this year as well. It's not like you look at them, it's like, are they, can they battle on the road? It's like, not really, even though it's, I get it, it's in-state. All right, let's keep it in-state uh, here right now. Houston Cougars, incredibly consistent program, Steve. They just go about their business, 22-4 and four on the season. Uh, they're on the road against Tulane. Any interest in this basketball game? Well, Houston's a team, you know, who's coming on back-to-back losses in the SMU and then Memphis, who I think is very underrated, by the way, Gabe. I think Memphis is uh, playing really good basketball, and that was Houston's only home loss of the season. And then they bounced back, beat Central Florida by 18. Then they needed two overtimes to beat Wichita State this past Sunday. So they've only really played one good game in their last four. So maybe it's a spot for Tulane to sneak Tulane in. Tulane have been covering struggle. Steve, too, right, the last couple of weeks. They've been hot, 8-2 and two against the spread. Exactly. So, you know, it does appear that Houston's not playing their best basketball right now. We'll put it that way. Steve Merrill kicking with wagertalk.com. All right, Steve, let's uh, jump into uh, Auburn here. Auburn, of course, lost over the weekend to the Florida Gators, who lost to Arkansas uh, tonight. Mississippi roll into Auburn. One of these uh, games, Steve, I generally, and you know me, you have much more discipline than I do, Steve. (laughs) But I got to be honest with you, anytime these big double-digit games, I just sort of skip them right away. Unless I like the underdog, you know what I mean? I'm not laying 16 with somebody. Yeah, unless unless I like the dog and I think the, the spread's way too high, I'll roll the dice with it. But I so I just don't really have much to say about it this game. It's sort of like college football season. It's like nobody ever talks about Alabama games every week because they're favored by 40 every week. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, were you really going to break it down? But what do you make of Miss, any, any opinion on Mississippi and Auburn? Well, I mean, like we do with the big favorites in college football, it's not necessarily who's going to win the game, right? It's about motivation to win by a lot. And you always get worried with a team like Auburn who likes to play fast, you know, up-tempo, good offensive team. When they're coming off a loss, if they want to, they could probably really smoke Mississippi. They did beat them by nine back in mid-January. Teams were pretty equal from three and from the free throw line. Auburn was plus 10 points from two-point range. So I think that number is pretty much where it should be. All right, we have a fun SEC game, Steve, but LSU – you and I talked about LSU earlier, and we were both impressed with their defense, but you brought it up. Listen, offensively, they're a little bit challenged. And defense is good and all that, but it can only take you so far if you can't score, right? And I'll tell you what. You want to talk about teams? I mean, I, it's crazy to say that Kentucky are flying under the radar because they're not. They're the second choice uh, along right now with Arizona to win the national championship after uh, after Gonzaga. But – this Kentucky team is good, Steve. Like good, good. They can go. They can go deep. They can go to the to the national championship uh, this year. This Kentucky team. Been a little while since Calipari's had a team, right? He usually just has a bunch of kids and dudes that are going to the NBA and stuff. But this Kentucky team's pretty good, and it seems like LSU starting to hit a wall a little bit. Yeah, I mean the news for Kentucky, of course, Ty Ty Washington did not play. Uh, he'd been injured for a few games. Now he did not play against Alabama on Saturday. They still won that game by nine. Um, that line briefly opened nine and a half on Friday night. It went to six and a half in about 10 minutes, <laughs> I think, because they thought Washington was out and they won by nine. You know, so it landed right in the middle of the uh, early line, the eventual line. Um, so we'll see if Kentucky continues to play well. They're a really young team that appears to be gelling, as you said. LSU, a very good defensive team. Um, you look at the deficiency stats, uh, one of the best, but they have a lot of turnover problems. They do not take care of the ball. 
And um, I think Kentucky can cause some havoc on that end. Uh, Kentucky's going to have less turnovers, and they're the better team. Uh, Steve, let's get into the Big Ten, and it's interesting because both Michigan and Wisconsin both play. <laughs> they both play uh, tomorrow night, albeit not against each other. Uh, but Michigan played for the first time since the melee, and of course, uh, head coach Jawan Howard has been suspended. Yet, not a lot of programs have the luxury of you know rolling Phil Martelli off the bench, Steve. Right, so you've got longtime St. Joe's coach Phil Martelli is, of course, is an assistant with the Michigan Wolverines. So he's taken over. He's the new head coach uh, for the next five games. And I think this can galvanize Michigan. I think this can provide a little bit of a spark. Hey, our coach isn't here. We got we got trashed the other night by Wisconsin. Got to step up. They generally own Rutgers as well, Steve. And I know this firsthand. I've seen the Michigan beat them in person uh, a bunch of times. So they generally own Rutgers. Rutgers are a scrappy team, Steve, but more so at the rack at home, right? Just three and eight uh, on the road this year. Michigan laying five and a half. What do you make of this game? What do you what, How do you feel about the angles here with Michigan? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think it also could be kind of a catalyst for them to play hard. And then on top of that, they are coming off a 14-point loss. Yeah. And then the, the icing on the cake for me, Gabe, is that it's a revenge game. They lost by eight at Rutgers back at the beginning of January. So it does check a lot of those boxes, you know, for maybe a play on spot here for Michigan. And Rutgers is actually an underrated team. But look at that game when they lost by eight on That's the road. That's the first time they beat them, actually, Steve. Now, I mean, it's coming back. That was the first time they beat them in the Big 12 and uh, in, in the Big 10. Well, and look at this box score from that game in January. Uh, Michigan was plus 16 points from two-point range, and they were even on the free throw line. The difference was that Rutgers was 11 for 23 from three, 48%. Michigan was three for 15, 20%. So I like Michigan in this spot, and I think those other things are positive as well. I like the Wolverines there as well. And finally, Steve, we've got about a minute left here. Wisconsin in action. So one of their assistants is suspended, but their head coaches, and, and uh, they're laying four and a half points going into Minnesota, coming off that big win. You know what I mean? It is kind of – I don't believe you and I talk about old letdowns and flat spots and stuff, but – yeah, it's it's a little bit different when you beat like you beat Michigan like that on TV and there's a brawl and the world is talking about it and stuff. Not going to be this the same type of intensity when I walk into the floor at Minnesota. Minnesota is like an NIT type of team, though, Steve. So, you know, they're not a great team. Yeah, this is a totally different situation. I think it is a situational spot, which is good for Michigan, off the loss with revenge, whereas it's the exact opposite for yeah, Wisconsin. Bad for Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah and, and then on top of that, Gabe, it's a home game for Michigan. It's a road game now for Wisconsin, and they're playing a Minnesota team they already beat this year. So it's like the exact opposite situation. I think it's good for Michigan, bad for Wisconsin tomorrow. I think we're, we're closing well on the same page here. Great stuff, Steve. I like uh, it. Uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com. Uh, Steve, Ranieri, and all the crew. Teddy. Uh, do do some great work. Daily basketball picks. Check them out over at WagerTalk, wagertalk.com. Uh, Always good, Steve. We'll catch up with you uh, on the TV show on Friday. Sounds good. Thanks, Gabe. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country. 
including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Three-minute warning. Three-minute warning! Level one, this is Sportridge. I am Gable Morancy. If you've tuned into the program, you've already gotten a bunch of great tips, some great college basketball talk, a great opening uh, monologue and rant off the top of the program, and a winner. And a winner. We gave you the Ducks. It was 3-3. We jumped in. We got the Ducks at minus 125 when it was 3-3. Game went to a shootout. Uh, I'll tell you what. We also, if you watched our video that we did earlier in the week, we also uh, we got in on this play as well, and I put a nice chunk on it. Uh, we took uh, Trevor Zegers to win uh, Rookie of the Year in the National Hockey League. Now, listen, L.A. is a big market, but the Ducks, you know, the Ducks don't get covered even anywhere. So, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you don't know about Zegers, this kid's the real deal. That goal on the shootout, you see people all the time, man, they screw around on shootouts and stuff like that, and it's like, what the hell was that? I would have stopped that. This kid, he came in. And he came in like I didn't. I don't like the guys that go for a little tour around uh, the the ice and stuff. But he kind of did. But there was a purpose to it. Like he went on a tour around the ice. Like he went all the way to the borders essentially. And I was like, all right, kid. But I trusted him. I'm like, yeah, you got something up your sleeve here. But he did it at a quick pace, right? And basically, he go. He, he sort of you know went all the way towards the boards and he cuts in, and it does confuse the goalie. Like, it's like, what the hell is this kid doing? Like, you know what I mean? Especially, like, you know that he can, you know, he can pull off, like, weird stuff. So, it's like, what's what's he up to? And you know what? He came in on a weird angle, and, man, it was a bullet shot. Like, it was just like, it was like one of those deals, like, oh, boy, you can't teach that. Like, that's just sort of like, yeah, that's that's why he's going to be rookie of the year. <laughs> like, the hand-eye coordination this kid has, unbelievable. Like, like I said, I was a goalie. And a lot of times, like, you can see what someone's going to do by their wrist. And, like, you can sort of, you can read their shot. You can be like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a wrist shot. It's going to be a snap shot. No, he wants a slap shot. No, he's going to go left. He's going to go right. This kid's release is so freaking fast. You know, you know what I mean? Like, Reimer didn't even have time to move. Like, Reimer just sort of was like, all right, kid. He followed him. Next thing you know, the puck's in the net. You can't stop that. Kid's going to win rookie of the year. Get in on it right now. Plus 250. You still can. Bring it. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.